Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. I'm your host, Emily Flippin. I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today we're talking financials. Today we're talking consumer goods. Wildcard! Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today we're talking tech. Let's dive in. It's Wednesday, April 1st. I'm your host, Jason Moser. And on today's Wildcard Wednesday show, we've got another healthcare theme for you this week, folks. Full analyst and industry-focused contributor Brian Feraldi is going to be bringing us three, yes, three healthcare hidden gems for you this week. Uh, these are names in the space, small cap companies that possibly you've heard of one or two, or maybe even all three, possibly you haven't heard of any of them. Uh, but Brian is going to join us here to shed some light on why he likes these three companies uh, and, and how we need to be thinking of them uh, as investors in, in today's uh, trying times particularly. So, Brian, welcome to the show this week. Jason, happy April Fool's Day to you, my friend. <laughs> it is a very special day today. And although Fool.com did not have its signature uh, uh prank. Uh, I, I think everyone should check out what David and Tom did on Fool.com today. I know it certainly warmed my heart to, to see what's happening at the Fool today. Yeah, and I, I, I think you're talking about the the uh, the donation to to the New York City uh, relief efforts in regard to, to their fight against the coronavirus and COVID-19, right? Yes, exactly. The, yeah. the, Fool, da- the, the Fool donated a million dollars uh, to the effort in uh, in New York City, which is just awesome. And uh, I, th- both David and Tom said, uh, we love pranks. Now is not the time, but we will probably celebrate April Fool's Day later on this year once uh, once we get to through this together. So, But either way, happy April Fool's Day to you, Jason. Yeah, and right back at you, man. I tell you, that is it's the first in, in my, my tenure here with the company. We haven't really uh, dipped into the April Fool's uh, you know, a, a prank bag there, but I think I think that's the right call. And, and you, you mentioned a word there um, together. You know, we're getting through this together. And, and whether it's New York or California or or every state in between, I mean, this is something that is affecting us not only as a country but obviously as as a global community. And, and certainly, we're all in this together. So, uh, hopefully, brighter days to come sooner rather than later. But for now. Uh, let's talk stocks. We want to jump into the three healthcare hidden gems that you've got for us today, and want to open up this conversation with Healthcare Services Group. And I got to say, Brian, you know, I was really interested to see this name on your list. And the main reason why was because you know, Healthcare Services Group is a company that's been around for a while, and the name sounded familiar. And it was interesting to see. I, I did a little bit of digging. I went back into the into the uh, the my computer and in, in, in to to check out some of the old research that I'd done, and I actually had been look. I looked at this business a while back um, for a 10K challenge, just a something we do on the analyst team here from time to time, just a a good way to go through the 10K and get an idea of a business and in, in about an hour to see if it's something you want to learn more about or if it's something that maybe is a little bit beyond your scope of understanding. And so I still had that healthcare services group 10K uh, challenge that I did, and and I remember walking away from it thinking, you know what, I thought this was a really cool business. I liked it a lot. And to, so, so to see this on your list, I got to say I was a little excited. So, so take it away. Tell us about Healthcare Services Group and why you like it. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad that to, to hear you say that. And and the funny thing, uh, Jason, is all three companies we're going to talk today uh, have been on the public markets for. Uh, 
more than 10 years at least, and maybe even 20 years, uh, all three of them. And yet I would, I would wager that they are names that most people uh, have never uh, heard of. And the company uh, Healthcare Services Group is the biggest of the three we're going to talk about today. This is about a $1.8 billion uh, uh, company. Uh, they are focused on providing housekeeping, laundry, and food services to healthcare facilities. Doesn't sound like an exciting business, but um, <laughs> I think listeners will be excited to learn that this stock is up 7,540% since its IPO uh, in the 80s and is a monster dividend uh, payer to boot. So when I see enormous outperformance over an extended period of time, as well as um, a company that is still small in the, in the grand scheme of things, that's something that captures my attention. Yeah, small in the grand scheme of things, and and, and by that I mean it. Uh, you know, one one point seven, one point eight billion dollar market cap. I think maybe when I looked at it, it was around one billion dollars. So, yeah, I, you know, it's not maybe the sexiest business in the world. I mean, nope. But but boy, <laughs> oh boy, they really provide essential services, right? I mean, this is a this is a company that healthcare service uh, uh, healthcare providers they can't do without this. Yeah, exactly. So their their main customers are uh, nursing homes, uh, rehabilitation centers, uh, hospitals located throughout the uh, the U.S. Uh, and uh, they they their 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 revenue is split between two main businesses. So housekeeping and laundry uh, is is one, and food services uh, in the other. And this company has a long history of going into uh, facilities and convincing them to outsource those core but basic services to Healthcare Services Group, which has the scale and the buying power to do essentially what the hospital could do for itself, uh, but cost-effectively. And hospitals aren't really in the business of selling food or doing laundry. So it does make sense to me that they have consistently said yes to Healthcare Services Group uh, and outsourced their work to it. Now, uh, the nice thing about boring businesses is they are essential. Uh, One thing that I really like about Healthcare Services Group is... um, it has a 90-plus percent customer renewal uh, rate, and uh, last I checked, f- uh, everybody at healthcare facilities kind of likes clean sheets and food, <laughs> uh, so this is not something that is um, cyclical in, in any means. It's just a boring, steady-eddy uh, producer of, uh, of services, and I understand why it has been such a, a stellar uh, performer over the long term. Now, in 2018... This company, unfortunately, became a lot more exciting. Uh, A couple of their biggest customers uh, ran into financial trouble and basically couldn't pay their bills uh, on time. So Healthcare Services Group was kind of forced to scramble a little bit and renegotiate its customer contracts. And they actually uh, renegotiated their deal so that rather than uh, Healthcare Services Group providing uh, buying uh, uh, buying products and then charging the company for them, they basically said, "Nope, you're just paying us for the service now. Uh, you're buying you're buying the services directly." So that had the effect of actually dampening down this company's revenue growth. So if, if the only metric you looked at was revenue over the last couple of years, you'd be disappointed with where it's heading. Uh, But uh, profits haven't been hit as hard. They have been hit uh, by a lot of one-time costs to kind of go through this change out. Um, But the the good news to to me is that the growth drivers of this company, uh, the long-term growth drivers, are still uh, very much in play. And if you look at the company's uh, financial statements, uh, there's a lot of reasons for uh, optimism, I believe. Um, Very clean balance sheet. 
I see $117 million in cash, no debt. Uh, it does have a few long-term uh, liabilities uh, to be aware of, uh, but a very solid uh, position. As I mentioned, revenue is very is very sticky. So, so margins are typically uh, very sticky. And how's this for a stat, Jason? This company has increased its dividend 66 quarters in a row. Wow. So every quarter it increases its dividend, and that is back till 2003. So that includes throughout uh, the, the Great Recession. You're currently getting a, uh, a 3.6% dividend yield uh, because the stock has been uh, smacked around. So to me, given the long-term treads in America, I mean, America's getting older. I think the demand for long-term care facilities is going to continue to grow. As the leading provider of these services uh, in the industry, I think Healthcare Services Group has a long uh, growth uh, runway ahead of it, and I think it can continue to increase the dividend uh, quarter in and quarter out for essentially the foreseeable future. So, yeah, it's pretty fascinating, actually, when you think about it. The 66 quarters in a row. Quarters, and, not I mean, years. Yeah, quarters. Not years, quarters. And, and I mean, that that is it's still, though, I mean, when you think about that, I mean, this is a company that actually is knocking on the door of becoming a dividend aristocrat if they keep mm-hmm. this behavior up. And, and I I don't know the data on this. I mean, we could certainly research it and find it out. I don't even know if there are any small cap companies that are dividend aristocrats at this point. I mean, it, it you could see where this business is actually set up to be able to achieve that. And, and I mean, I would imagine at this point in the game, they really don't want to look back. Because as we know, dividend aristocrat is not about every quarter, right? It's just raising that dividend at least once annually, for mm-hmm. 25 consecutive years, mm-hmm. and then once you get that membership status, I mean, it's it's kind of like the American Express card, and the membership has its privileges, and maybe sometimes those privileges aren't as explicit or obvious, but companies that get that dividend aristocrat status want to keep it for the most part, and they'll do what they can to do so. I, I wonder mm-hmm. if that's something that this management team has in mind. I'm, I'm sure they do. I mean, you don't keep, you don't grow your dividend that long without having ambitions to become a, uh, a dividend aristocrat eventually. And, and again, just to put some numbers, uh, the company did throw some numbers on, on its long-term potential. So revenue last year was about $1.8 billion. Uh, the company believes that its market opportunity in the U.S. is $32 uh, billion. So uh, although this company is the largest player at what it does, and, and there could be opportunities for it to um, – acquire, steadily acquire little businesses here and there to kind of uh, get its foot in the door uh, with markets that it, can, it hasn't penetrated yet. Uh, substantial still room for uh, for growth, uh, I believe. So, not the most exciting business. Definitely not going to produce eye-popping top-line growth anytime soon. But if you want, if you like boring and dividends, Healthcare Services Group might be for you. Yeah, slow and steady wins the race a lot of times, man. We'll keep that in mind. Well, let's take a look at this next one you have on the list. It's not a company that I, I'm familiar with at all, but it, it, you know, as soon as I saw the name and looked at what they did, it, it you know, it made me think of another company that I've, I've started digging into a little bit uh, for our augmented reality service, which obviously uh, you are a part of as well. And that is Star Surgical. Tell us a little bit about Star Surgical and what they do. Yeah, I, I only found out about this company uh, recently. I heard of them before, but um, uh, on, a, on uh, The Fool has several live uh, Zoom chats going. Uh, we have a, a live stream going that uh, we've had 
going for the last couple of weeks. And uh, we actually did a deep dive on this company uh, to show somebody how to research a stock from scratch. So I'd never uh-huh. heard of it before. And this is a great example. Was like, I'd never heard of this company, but uh, it came up. And, and uh, uh, how's this again, Jason? Uh, IPO in the, the late 90s, I see up 940% wow. uh, since, since then. So another market beater. And yet, $1.4 billion market cap. So uh, small cap, long-term market beater. Uh, and this company is focused on uh, the medical uh, the medical device, or s- sort of medical device uh, market. So uh, ha- those, add those together and you got my attention. Uh, so the ticker sticker here is uh, STAA, uh, Star Surgical, and they are focused on correcting of vision problems. Uh, their primary, their flagship product, it's called the STAR ICL. ICL stands for Implantable Columnar uh, Lens. And this, this device is used to correct a number of common uh, vision problems. So this would be a product that can be uh, surgically installed into the eyes uh, in a 20 to 30 minute outpatient procedure. And it's really, they're, they're stealing market share essentially from LASIK. You know, LASIK is, is the laser that's, that, that goes in your eyes. This is actually an implantable device, and it has several advantages over LASIK uh, surgery. Um, first off, it's removable. So to, to my knowledge, once you get LASIK, that's not reversible, um, uh, at least from what, from what I understand. I might be wrong about that, but uh, the, the STARS system, once it's put in, is actually uh, removable if need be. Uh, second, there's no dry eye uh, syndrome associated with it. It's bio, it, it, it goes into the body very well and prevents the eye from drying out, which can be a problem for some people. Uh, it's upgradable, right? Huh. So once it's in there, after a couple years, or you know, if a newer version comes out, you could take it out and put a new one in to upgrade it. And it offers UV protection and better night vision uh, than kind of LASIK uh, can presume. And how's this for a stat? 99.4% of patients who had this Say they'd get it again. Wow. Well, I mean, so that's interesting because I mean, I think a lot of things are coming to my mind here. I mean, I'm thinking this is like this is like the bionic man all, all over, <laughs> right? This is, I mean, this, you're getting bionic eyes here, and then I, I wonder if, if it's upgradable or changeable. I mean, I wonder at what point they make these devices. Uh, remotely upgradable, you know, so that you're actually able to change or upgrade your vision at the click of a button or at the opening of an app on your phone. Um, I mean, but that 99.4% of patients would have the surgery again. I mean, that's that's really the testament, right? I mean, that's yeah. everybody I've spoken to that has gotten LASIK, for the most part, I think everybody has been really positive about it. I mean, it um, has has made their their vision better, and I, you know that, that's that's what that's the promise of the surgery. And and mm-hmm. I know that with LASIK, there are certain folks that can't get it because if I believe I believe it's because their cornea is too thin or or something to that effect, and and that's a bummer. I mean, if if you don't have any options beyond LASIK, it sounds like this could be another option out there, which yep. is, is certainly encouraging. Yep. And and in the investor uh, website, they do have quotes there from surgeons. That basically say, once I learned about this system, I stopped doing LASIK at my practice because they wow. were such believers in it. Uh, whether that's a widespread belief or not is up for uh, debate, uh, obviously. But the interesting <laughs> thing about this company is uh, it's located in California, so that's where its headquarters is. Uh, however, the vast majority of its sales are actually overseas. So this oh, company really, really uh, got a name for itself uh, in uh 
overseas markets, uh, specifically China and Japan, uh, were two of its uh, big, bigger markets. And the U.S. is a newer market uh, for it. Uh, I believe I, – they don't have the number in front of me. I believe something like 95% of this company's revenue is international, and it's now making a big push – uh, into the U.S., uh, so kind of a backwards story, given that this is a uh, U.S. Uh, located company there. But um, to put some to put some numbers on it, if we go check out the financials, so in uh, 2016, this company's revenue was 82 million. Uh, last year, that jumped to 151 million. So you're talking about almost a doubling in revenue over a three-year period. That's a pretty good uh, growth rate. And what excites me is over that same period, gross margin went from 68% to almost 75%. So you're seeing strong top-line growth in addition to gross uh, margin uh, expansion. And Star is also uh, big enough and has enough gross profit to become uh, free cash flow positive. Uh, Its earnings are positive. And uh, again, just like a healthcare services group, I see $112 in cash. Zero debt. Yeah, so, strong capital positions. Just such a nice thing to see in this day and age. Totally, uh, I, totally. The, the other thing, I mean, I just the profitability factor. I mean, I just looking on the surface before even looking at the income statement, I I would have bet. You know what? This is probably one of these businesses that holds all the promise in the world. Probably isn't profitable yet, and probably another one of those things not going to be profitable. Their financials are really solid. I mean, they're profitable. Yeah. I mean, they've they've got. You know, impressive revenue growth there. I mean, I, I think the market is certainly there. In, in you know, it goes back to a company that I've been researching lately um, for our augmented reality service. One that I'm digging more into, really trying to learn a little bit more about. It's it plays in this same sandbox as a company called Alcon. It uh, mm-hmm. company Alcon is ticker is ALC, um, and that's a much it's a much bigger company, twenty five billion dollar uh, market cap, I believe. Uh, but but playing in that same sandbox, so to speak, right? Focused on on um, eye, eye health, ocular health, right? And, and products for for uh, folks with vision problems. So yeah, I, I always wonder when you see big companies like that. Um, you know, when they when they look at something like a star, if they feel like, hey, maybe that would be a nice little bolt-on acquisition or something like that, given the size of the business and the health, no pun intended, of the business, um, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know what your feelings on that are. Do you feel like Star is, is a special enough company where someone w- would be really interested in trying to snap that thing up? Oh, completely. It definitely it definitely could be. But I don't know about you. I hate it when companies that I like get bought. I just hate it. <laughs> I do too. I mean, if, if, I find, if I find a company that I like everything, and I just want that thing to run. I, I just want it to run for years and compound my wealth for me. I, I don't want it to be robbed away from me because some uh, some big company also agrees with with my assessment. So uh, that to me is that I could see this company being an acquisition target, but that I would that would be reason nineteen to own it yeah. as opposed to anywhere at the top. But uh, the the nice thing is, even though this company has has come a long way, it's already performed well uh, for shareholders. It actually still sees a big opportunity ahead. So, um, four million refractive procedures are done today. That's the market this company competes in. Uh, that's a six billion dollar market. Again, this company's revenue last year was one hundred and fifty one million. Yeah. So, still, still small. And the you know, as you can imagine, vision problem. Big, big problem. I mean, I, it's like two billion plus people have some sort of of uh, vision problems and. 
Star estimates that uh, for its uh, myopia, which is distance, vision, and nearsightedness, uh, they estimate 35 million potential uh, customers. And for presbyopia, and I'm probably butchering that, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> near vision, and that's when you need near near vision problems or reading glasses. Uh, 55 million uh, patient uh, potential for for Star. So this is a management team that's out there saying we believe. Revenue growth is going to be grow 25% annually uh, between now and 2022 on a compound annual growth rate, and they're still targeting margin, margin expansion. So they think they can get their gross margin above 80%. As a reminder, it's about 75%. Uh, so this management team does not think the growth is done yet, uh, and, and they're still calling for margin expansion. So margin expansion plus high growth equals profit growth to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I, I, you're, you're telling you're telling us a great story here and and I do you know the healthcare market opportunity is a tremendous one but but certainly um, when it comes to vision I mean that's something we all rely on and and no doubt the the opportunities out there with a lot of folks that do have vision problems whether that's uh, vision problems from the day you're born or vision problems that just uh, occur with old age as you know someone like me I mean I'm I'm starting to to realize those those vision problems now Brian so it's, it's distinctly possible I, I might be looking into star surgical they, a little all bit right. more, not you're, just as you an investment You might be one of those 99.4% satisfied customers Jason <laughs> It is not out of the realm of possibility <laughs> Well before we continue I do want to remind all of our listeners out there who are looking for more stock ideas because we know that's what you're looking for that's why we're doing these shows for you because you're looking for more stock ideas and now is a great time to check out our stock advisor service where you'll get stock recommendations from david and tom gardner every month best buys now and a whole lot more and why is it a great time well if you just go to if.fool.com you can take advantage of a special 50 percent discount for our wonderful industry focused listeners so make sure to check that out if.fool.com Okay, Brian, let's wrap this up with our third, your third healthcare hidden gem here. And this is another company I am not familiar with, but really neat looking once I started checking it out. Simulation Plus. Tell our listeners a little bit about why you like Simulation Plus. Uh, well, see, does this sound familiar? Uh, a company that IPO'd in the 1990s and is up 2,400% uh, si- since then. And yet, uh, Market cap still small. I mean, that's it's it's remarkable to me that you can have such amazing outperformance and simulations plus market cap uh, under six hundred million yeah, million six hundred million. So it's still tiny. So when it came public, I mean, it must have been like a thirty million dollar business or something along the lines. But okay, simulation plus sells software that aids in the drug development and discovery uh, process. So this ah, is a, okay. a company that uh, is focused primarily on um, uh, the <clears throat> pharmaceutical, uh, biotech industries. They also do stuff with like industrial chemical makers, cosmetics companies, uh, food ingredients companies. But they, they have 12 different software programs that help to simulate uh, how molecules will be absorbed in the body, distributed throughout the body, uh, what your metabolism will be like with those uh, drugs, how they exit your body, and what kind of toxicity, 
toxicity they could have, uh, which is a big problem for uh, drugs. One of the main reasons that drugs kind of get uh, rejected uh, or, th- or tossed in the, on the, in the bin is because of uh, toxicities issues. So simulations plus software is really used on the very early sides and it incorporates clinical data and it has very advanced modeling to kind of allow companies that are researching uh, new molecules uh, to, to predict with, with, with accuracy how they will react once they get into an animal or into uh, a human. So it really aids with um, decision-making on pharma and biotech companies' sides to say, hey, we have this molecule, molecule, molecule. What do we think it's going to do? And it allows them to say, uh, nope, get rid of it. It's, it's clearly, uh, according to the simulation here, it's, it's going to be something that just throws off toxicity. Uh, so that, to me, is a big big value add. Uh, if, I, if I was a drug maker, I would want to know that kind of information uh, right, right away. Uh, and by using uh, software to do that, uh, you can get that answer uh, much quicker than, than you can uh, before. Now, you still have to, of course, do clinical trials and all that kind of stuff, but this helps. This software has been around for decades, and it's been refined um, uh, in numerous ways to make it uh, more accurate. And the other thing that it does, this is actually two businesses, uh, they actually also do consulting services. Okay. So if you are a company that wants to have this kind of research done on a molecule, you can actually hire Simulation Plus to come in and do this work uh, for you and consult. And their, their revenue is split about 50-50% between software and consulting. Yeah, and you know, digging in a little bit more here, I do see. I mean, this we always love to see founders with with uh, skin in the game, taking stakes in the businesses that they've that they've built. And uh, you know, it certainly looks like Simulations Plus is no exception here. One of the co-founders, Walter uh, Waltzos, I'm probably mispronouncing that. Looks but, looks right to me. Let's let's move forward. <laughs> looks like Walter holds a significant stake in the business here with with around I mean close to 28% of the shares outstanding actually. Uh, he serves as co-founder and chairman of the business still. Um, it, you know, it, it does feel like to me when you have someone who's bought into that vision to that level I, I mean, I'm not saying that's an automatic and that's why you go buy a stock, but boy, that's a really that's an encouraging sign to see. Definitely, and he was the CEO himself for many, many years. He did hand the uh, the CEO off uh, a couple of years ago. Walter is seventy five years old, and I love to see it when somebody that uh, the founder uh, who's obviously twenty eight percent of the shares. I mean, he's worth well over a hundred million dollars, if not closing in on two hundred million dollars. Still takes time to be the chairman. Obviously, this is this company means more to him than just the money. Otherwise, he would have hung up his spurs uh, a long time ago. So I love to see that. And clearly, this is a man that thinks and acts with the long term uh, uh, in mind. And when you dig in, this is a company that's it's easy to 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 get excited about, um, given everything we've talked to so far. And we haven't even covered the financials yet. Jason. <laughs> well, well, let's talk a little bit about the yeah. financials because okay. they this you, this is a small business, right? I mean, you're you're talking about I don't know, I mean, this, they're, they're not even generating forty million dollars in revenue. It looks like. That's correct. So uh, last quarter, so we have the uh, so over the last twelve months, this company generated thirty six million in revenue. So again, not much. Uh, but the last quarter, uh, which is a good proxy for for kind of growth, revenue grew twenty five percent to nine point four million. Gross margin of seventy two percent. And keep in mind that gross margin includes consulting 
and software. So I would guess that the the the, the software margin is incredibly high, mm-hmm. and the consulting uh, margin was maybe fifty percent, forty percent. And you wrap that together, and you get that seventy-two percent. But uh, how does this sound, Jason? Uh, net income up thirty-four percent to two point one million. So you're talking about two million dollars in net income on less than ten million in sales. I like the way that sounds. I like the direction <laughs> that's headed. I like the potential there. Yep. What I mean, what given given the size of the business, yet the nature of what they do. And given given the time that we're living in right now, it really feels like this is a business. This type of business is going to be more relevant now than ever before. And and I would think also that what's going on today is going to provide at least some tailwinds for a business like this going forward. In in the importance, you know, in in research and testing and getting this data and modeling and understanding more um, about how. Uh, this this all of all of these factors all of these moving parts work together I mean, do you feel like do you feel like that's am, am i close there Did, yeah, do you think yeah i would i would completely agree with yeah. that i mean right in the 10k the company says uh and and, and we we're talking about it business we believe our proprietary ai slash machine learning software engine has a wide variety of potential applications so that tells me that they're using all of the data that they've accumulated over the last uh 30 20 something uh years and they've been feeding into this uh, system to really make their software top, top, uh, the, the, the best of kind of what it does. Now, there are competitors uh, out there for, for its programs, but it does say that it based, the competition, this, it's, this isn't like um, a CRM a tool or anything like that. This, the, the, the soft, this is very niche software, uh, obviously, so the competition in the software space is, is very uh, limited, which, is, again, is another fact that kind of attracts me um, uh, to this business. But I do believe that uh, because of their depth uh, and their history and their enormous data set with predicting how molecules are going to work and then actually having data from clinical trials and then actually having data uh, from the real world, that to me gives them a data set and experience that would be extremely difficult for a potential competitor to replicate. All right. Well, as we wrap things up this week, I am going to... uh not throw you to the wolves here, Bri, but but I you know I'm I'm gonna make you I'm gonna make you I'm gonna make you make a decision here. Okay. Um, if if you have all three, if I say Brian, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you be an owner of one of these three companies today, and you got to hold on to these shares for the next ten years, and that's that's the idea behind small caps. Really, we're we're trying to give them as long long of a time frame as possible. What if you have to pick one of these three businesses today to own for the next ten years? Which one's it going to be? Well, I want to. I want to say you're asking me that I question. I think that's you the, this that question. important thing. So I am not a <laughs> dividend investor. No. So I am. I am not a value investor. I All don't right. focus on dividends. So for that reason, I would not pick Healthcare Services Group. Not because I don't think it's a good, rock solid company that's that's going to grow. It just dividends are not my focus right now. I am a growth uh, uh, focused investor. So to me, based on that, it would come down to between uh, Star and uh, Simulation Plus. And I think there's merits to both businesses. Businesses, uh, certainly. Uh, between the two, I would pick Simulation Plus. Uh, Star, uh, Star Medical does have some uh, customer concentration issues uh, that we did not touch into the show, but a few customers account for a pretty big uh, portion of this company's uh, revenue. I would guess those are distributors that are in international markets, so they're probably protected by contracts, um, but that is something that I personally look for and knock companies down for uh, is when they have big customer concentration issues. Um, 
Simulation Plus has a couple of big customers, a big individual customers, uh, but they do say that their biggest customer is 8% of revenue. Uh, I think that Stars, again, going from mostly memory here, Stars has one that's over 20% uh, of, of revenue. So based on that, uh, that would give the edge to... Um, uh, simulation uh, plus uh, to me, but I think that both businesses are worth at least checking out, uh, get, getting to know, and uh, uh, both have clearly been uh, home run investments uh, over over the over the long term. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad we could bring them all to uh, our listeners' attention today. Yeah. How about you? How about you, Jason? Now that you have had a chance to digest this, what do you think? Well, you know, Brian, I could totally cop out here and say, well, why not just take all three and make a healthcare basket? Okay, sure you go. I'm not going to do that, though. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm feeling a little nostalgic, though, man. I mean, I'm looking at Healthcare Services Group and my memory of that business. I was always fond of it. And, and I, you know, I'm not really a dividend investor, but, you know, I am older than you. I probably need to be focused a little bit more on those dividends. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I do remember everything about Healthcare Services Group and liking it. I, I, I think I would probably put that one at the top of the list. But, but Star really, you know, considering the fact that I'm probably going to have to do something about my vision at some point, Star, Star would be a very, very close second. But, you know, they're all three terrific ideas and ones that I think uh, our listeners will enjoy digging more into. I really appreciate you bringing them forward this week. Sure thing. And Healthcare Services Group is definitely the value play. We did not touch upon valuation at all, but I assure you that Simulation Plus and Star are trading at higher valuations. Uh, deservedly so, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, hey, uh, that's why investing's fun, right? So many factors <laughs> to uh, to to consider when you're making capital allocation decisions. That's right. It never gets old. Well, <laughs> listen, Brian. I know you've had a very very busy week, and it's not stopping now. But really appreciate you taking the time out this week to to join us on Wildcard Wednesday. Bring three great new ideas to our listeners. Thanks so much. You know I'm always up for it, Jason. Love, love, love scouring healthcare and finding stocks that nobody else is talking about. Well, we will do it again very soon. And that's going to do it this week for us, folks. Remember, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at MFIndustryFocus. Drop us an email at IndustryFocus at Fool.com. Tell us how you're managing through these tough times or just hey, reach out. Let us know uh, what, what stock you bought last. How about that? You know, let us, let us know the last stock you bought and why. We're always interested to hear, hear these latest and greatest ideas from all of our wonderful listeners out there. But as always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Thanks to the man behind the Zoom, Austin Morgan, for keeping us running so smoothly in these difficult times. For Brian Feraldi, I'm Jason Moser. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. 